Okay, so I hit that before I hit the start streaming button. So that's only going to be on the po- on the audio version. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian. And joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. Heidi-ho. And your co-host, Spaz. Certainly not the podcast co-host of the year. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> we could never. I don't think we could do that. That'd be... Like no, there's no, only, there's only three of us. There's only three of us. Um, so, <laughs> folks, uh, it is the last podcast of 2018. It is December 18th. Uh, next week is Christmas, and then the week after that is New Year's. So this is it. So we thought we would take a look back at this relatively busy year. It wasn't as busy as 2017. Uh, 2017 had like over 40 games out, whereas 2018 had 25 games, according to the wiki. Um, anyway, I probably, I might've missed one. There was 25 games an hour. (laughs) We're talking just, we're talking just space games. Uh, 1.0 space games. Yeah. So minus the hentai, it was actually all year. There've been so, there's been so much of that. And, and so many like, and, and, and the, and the asset flips and, uh, it's just, what's, what's the easiest thing to make. Right, it's my it's my flappy yeah. bird thing, right? Oh my god! Like, why would you take two, three years of your life to make a game when you can knock out Flappy Bird in a weekend mm. and do it every weekend and, and add card and add cards to it and sell it for a dollar? And if you mm-hmm. sell twenty five copies, you you broke even because that's how much Unity's costs or whatever. Uh, hello, Chevy Johnson. Oh, you miss misses from Eve? Are you not an Eve anymore? You're not playing Eve anymore, buddy. I'm still playing Eve. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, so folks, we have uh, several categories to talk about tonight, uh, looking back at 2018. It was a busy year for not just space gaming, but gaming in general, as we were just talking about. I mean, I, I don't even know how many Steam, game came out, Steam games came out. Uh, a lot. It I'm was a guessing, lot. well, it's obviously over 7,000 because it's more than... The seven thousand. I'm I'm gonna say seventy yeah. percent of the games on Steam came out this year. <laughs> that's, that's not a joke either. No, I I know that's what's it's about. It's about two hundred games a week, approximately. Yeah, two hundred games, and 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 they're not. And it's just the fact that they let anything on now is just just. Mm. <laughs> Uh, it just really infuriates me. But anyway, uh, so we're going to talk about like our highs and lows in space gaming, and we'll probably talk about other games as well, but we're going to try and focus on space gaming primarily. So our first category is most surprising games, space games, of 2018. Uh, so I will go first, um, if you guys don't mind. Go for it. So for Fourth me... Will shock you. <laughs> no, I only I only wrote down three. Uh, the most oh. surprising space games for me. I tried to keep this quick. Uh, were Adios Amigos, uh, Solar Explorer: New Dawn, and War Tech Fighters, which are three very different games. <laughs> but uh, I went into all of them like not expecting. I try to go in with low expectations all the time, and um, those three games just blew me away with how fun and and um, solid and complete they are. Like, I was just blown away by all three, especially Adios Amigos. Like, oh, yeah. 
That was, I went, that was great. Oh my god, <laughs> I went I went in that game like what is this? It looks like Star. What's that? What's that one game that was on sale today? Star Star not Star Lord. Um, that two D space game that didn't turn out to be that great. Um, the mo- the mon- round. Yes. Yeah, that's why I think. <laughs> I, I like th- Starbound. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't like amazing. Um, so I thought it was going to be another one like that. I thought it was going to be, oh, going to be like a, another Starbound. And it's, it was nothing like that at all. Like if you guys haven't played Adios Amigos, especially you guys, it is a amazing exploration game that focuses on exploration. There are not a lot of games that focus primarily on exploration. It's sort of um. the dark souls of exploration <laughs> games because that game is merciless about murdering you. Oh my god. It, yes, it, there's there's no combat in the game, but there are so many ways to die. So so many ways to die. It is just astounding. Like there are like aliens that can hurt you and kill you or destroy your ship or whatever. Um but a lot of the times your death will be your own fault. More than anything murdered else. more times by furniture in a space, <laughs> button, and then it turned into a uh, into a freaking blendomatic, and, and you have to play the game to understand why yeah. they're laughing. Because you hit a button on a space station and it triggers the wrong thrusters and it spins that thing up like a top, and then all the furniture bounces around inside and kills and starts hurting you, uh, or you fly into the sun, which ha- which did happen to me once. I, I didn't mean to hit the button, but I bounced around into the button what and just went. There, was there beer? <laughs> no, sadly there was not beer. Only death. Only no. death. So, folks, Adios Amigos is probably my most surprised. The other two games, Solar Explorer, that's a new take on um, Lunar Lander, but it's an amazing new take on Lunar Lander, and it's. It's fun and funny. Like you will crash in that game and just laugh your ass off because it's ridiculous and it's great. And Vortech Fighters is everything Strike Suit Zero wanted to be, but wasn't. <laughs> so uh, it's got ninety nine percent more robots. Yes, and the robots are actually great. <laughs> they don't just kind of sit there like a turret. Um, and, and customization and there's oh Jesus Christ! All the yeah. toys in that game are in. There's so many toys. And there's so many ways to get the toys. Like, there's not just a campaign. You can take, like, little challenges to get more, like, space bucks to get more toys. It's there's, If you're a fan of Gundams, yeah. go get that game right now. Yeah, any space Gundam. mecha, any space mecha, you'll like that, basically. Why do they, why do they put and, uh, legs on... Just something to say, uh, keep an eye on uh, GMG, Green Man Gaming, because they actually published it, so they usually have the best price yeah. for, for Wartech Fighters. Just so you know, if you're watching, is there any deal? GMG will probably have the best one. And uh, as we record this, one second, as we record this, uh, the big Steam sale is about to start in two days. The GMG sale just started today, so keep so look for uh, look for uh, Wartech Fighters on that. But if you haven't signed up for IsThereAnyDeal.com, as Spaz just mentioned, do that right now. That is an indispensable source for finding the best prices on games. No lie. It'll import your wish lists. You can make new wish lists and it'll email you the best deals and it'll tell you what the lowest price is. So it's like, oh, it's not the lowest price. I'm not going to buy it yet. It, it's just a wonderful free service that everyone needs to sign up for. I, I Yeah, it won't necessarily help with discovery of new games, but no. it will certainly help you find and buy the ones that you want. 
Exactly. Once you put it on your wish list, hey, it's there. And mm-hmm. you, you, you'll get notified. So uh, there's no reason not to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jim, what were you going to say? I was just going to ask Spaz, as our resident anime fan expert, why do they put legs on space robots if they never actually walk on anything? Well, hmm. sometimes they can. I mean, you know, don't they? Don't they? Though? Don't they walk <laughs> there's, on there's, a, there's actually a a joke used in the anime Martian successor to Desco, which is itself mm. a parody of the entire genre, in which the lead character must do a manual launch while the the ship is uh, is effectively grounded. And the manual launch is literally him running out of the airlock. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, because like in Gundam, they have like a, it's almost like a it's cat like catapult. Launcher. Yeah. It's a catapult that will launch you out. Yeah, but but in this case, that's, yeah. So the in, in that particular series, the mecha were designed for both space and ground. So it's like, it makes sense, at least okay. in that context. But there is, there is, well, there's those ball-looking mechs in Gundam that it's basically like a a, a ball with guns on it, right? Yeah. So there's that those things. And then there's one that's a torso, and then it's got like a, I don't know, like a rocket booster lower half and stuff. I just, like. think, I just think the Borg had the right idea. Like just make why, a big cube. Yeah. Why else do you? Why do you need like flurry curves and things like that? I mean, there's no, there's no air. There's no resistance. You know, why do you need curves yeah. and wings well, and things? I've thought like the best, the best tank or the best starfighter would probably be a tank, just sloped <laughs> armor, a rocket on the back, and a turret that so you can shoot at people behind you. So kind of like, kind of like a gun star from the last starfighter because that has a 360. Pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much a turret with an engine in it, uh, or a bunch of little turrets with an engine and a guy to fly it and another guy to shoot all the other little turrets. So yeah. basically, it's a space tank, basically. Um, much. Yeah. So, Jim, what would you say your most surprising games uh, of 2018 were? Oh, gosh. Well, Stellaris was like the best three games that came out this year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well For played. People. For people that have Stellaris, you know the pain. Yeah. Um, actually, I do like the the most recent patch, not expansion, because I didn't get the Mega Corp expansion right. itself. But, but the new patch makes the patch version of it, which has ninety percent of that in it. Um, I thought that was quite interesting because they finally have made a four X where the economy and the happiness of people, and maybe it's just because of the type of economy that I was playing, but it's like you make consumer goods. And then the consumer goods get turned into amenities that make people happy. So you have a factory that makes consumer things, right? And then the consumer things get taken by a theater, and that's the currency for the theater converting it into happiness, right? So it's it's like this this interesting civilian economy that happens in the game now, and I, I think that really was helpful. Um, I haven't found anybody that doesn't want to kill me yet, so I don't know how trade works with that, but hopefully they they uh, get into trade stuff. That I mean, it, it's like basically distant stars universe or distant worlds universe. Which one is it? Distant worlds. You got it right. Yeah. Okay. So distant worlds is I think my high bar for civilizations trading with each other in a peaceful way, and 
if Stellaris can get there based on the other economy stuff that they've got and they can make that stuff cross borders, oh, that's a good time. So we'll see. Because then you could actually have like a a non-shooty rivalry in that game and, and you could win through business instead of win through guns. Jack so, is asking. I, anyway, I, f- I found that surprising, though, that, Jack, that they actually did that. Well, Jack is asking if all the DLC is worth it. Um, I no. can't really. I don't think so. Um, but I don't think really. I'm going to say I don't think the game is worth it. Honestly. Well, you get the bulk of the DLC as just part of the main game, and then because they give you ninety percent of the stuff in the patch, which is a blessing. Um, and then, like, if you specifically want to play that particular sieve type that they put in, which is the Megacorp, then you have to buy the DLC. But other than that, everything else is there. And if you play it with somebody multiplayer and they do have the DLC, then you have access to the DLC while you're playing the multiplayer game too. So that's a way you can kind of check it out. If you know somebody that's already got it. I would say if you're going to buy that game, buy it for the mods more than the DLC. Like, cause there are some really great mods for that game. And, yeah. uh, and playing with the mods, I think, is a little more fun than playing vanilla. And maybe if there's a mod that looks great or a total conversion that looks great and it says it needs specific DLC, maybe get that. Uh, but that's the only I'm I'm every time I play Stellaris, I'm like, I could be playing Distant Worlds Universe right now <laughs> every time. So I'm I'm yeah, a little if, biased. If Distant Worlds just had the UI from Stellaris. Oh, God. Right. I'm really hoping Hopefully we get Distant this Worlds too. I was just about to say from that. I really hope I can't play it now that I've upgraded. It's too small. It like everything yeah, is just is too tiny. tiny. Yeah, everything's too tiny. I can't read anything. It's like, oh god, this is and it doesn't scale. Yeah. So, so it's what like, what res is your monitor? Is, is, uh, it's uh, a 1440. 1440. Yeah, it's fourteen forty. It's it's okay. a it's an Asus. I forget the model number, but it's a just a gorgeous gorgeous monitor. Yeah, because like, and you got G Sync on it as well, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I went with the yeah. Nvidia card, so I I totally got the G Sync. Yeah, cool. it's great. Yeah, it oh. was it was a little because I got mine Saturday, right? I got a an Acer Predator that's got with, the. Uh, I think the, it's the same panel the, as the, the one tracker in it. I think it's pretty much the same panel as the one I have. Yeah, the for me it was like the same price with or without the eye tracker. So I was like, ah. Oh wait, is the eye tracker and built then, in or holy is it- shit? Yeah, it's built right into it. Uh, you oh, can get nice. it separately and bolt it on the front if you have a monitor that doesn't have it integrated. But this is just in the monitor. Oh, so, nice. So like underneath the screen, there's just two red LEDs, and that's it. Um, but you saw that video that I made with uh, with Elite, right? When I was that looked pretty. That, that looked pretty great, Dude, actually. Dude, it's surreal because it's just like when you look at uh, it's padlocking with your eyes because if you keep your eyes on the thing you want to look at, it will rotate the screen to keep it on the screen. So it's just like it's head motion without head motion because I don't I don't have to move my head. All I got to do is just keep my eyes on the thing that's about to go off screen and it turns your head. So it's it's like beyond track IR head tracker for that. Um, and then in uh, Overload, the the descent game, when I look at things, it aims missiles. So I can shoot the guns at one guy, and then I can look at a guy like off to the side and right click, and it'll fire a missile at that guy. Yeah, I think I'm gonna it's get one. Be weird. I think I'm gonna get one. Did you put it over or under your monitor? Oh, well, or it's built it? in. It's, un- it's underneath. It's underneath, huh? Interesting. Yeah, it's just on the bottom edge of the monitor. 
Huh. I have to get. But yeah, I, I'm I, I'm pretty thrilled with it. It's the the only bad thing is there is a list of like 130 games that do support it. I was shocked uh, that um, Master of Orion, the new one, supports Toby Eye Tracker. I just saw it in the list. I was like, what? What? So so kind of cool. Like some of these games, well, they're, they're aware when you when you look at a button on the screen, right? So I could look at like say there's a a, a a button that you would click that would slide out a map or something. You could just look at the button and the map slides out. Okay. I have to I get this thing. thing. I'm, I'm getting yeah. this thing. The yeah. the only thing that I wish was there is I wish that there was more like custom programmability for it. Like their, their application. It's like the game has to support it or you're kind of SOL. Um, but they need an app that says, okay, I'm, I'm going to bind things. Like if, if my eyes go over to this part of the screen, do whatever. And uh, there are people who have hacked that because like X-Plane does not support it. Microsoft Flight Simulator does, but X-Plane doesn't have support for it. So what people did is they took OpenTrack, which is the same project that's like uh, FaceTrack, no IR. Um, they took OpenTrack and then used uh, VJoy, which is a virtual joystick thing. Oh, yeah, sure, and yeah. Then, and then they said, okay, so uh, OpenTrack can actually read the sensors of this thing, and it interprets eye movement as head movement. And oh, it also whoa. it will show your eyes, right? So you, so you have, like, granularity. Like, if I move my eyes, it'll move slow. If I turn my actual head, it turns fast, right? So that, so. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting, right? Um, but they've basically hacked it so that you run this plugin and then you run X-Plane and then it sees the your eyes as a track IR and oh. you know, responds accordingly. But it's like if the game's not supported, then it takes hacks. And I, and I wish that they would just create the hacks first party, <laughs> you know, just be like, hey, you can use our stuff in any game because we provide you the tool. But as it is, I go out to SourceForge and I got to hunt for it and stuff. But I've only had it a couple of days and the games that do support it, it's crazy town. Oh, American Truck Simulator totally supports it. You can look around oh, inside man. the truck. Yeah, um, you need it. to just watch a video of somebody playing it with, with that on in American Truck Simulator. All the farming simulator games like clear back to 15 support it. I was playing Farm Simulator 19 with it. And- <laughs> Yeah, it's good. You're sitting in the tractor, and you and it's just like you look down. The guy looks down. You look out the side. The guy looks out the side window, and it's just because it's it's just like I looked at that side of the screen. So he turns his head to look out the window. If you look at the mirror, it centers the mirror on the screen. It's bonkers. So hopefully, okay. more and more yeah. support it. So the the that. next thing that's coming in this yeah. is that they're integrating it into VR. Ooh. So that the VR thing will have an eye tracker right Ooh, there. Maybe I'll so get that. Because that's that. the problem in VR is you have to, it only focuses on what's directly in front because the lens is a bent thing. So right. any text that like, if you play a traditional game that's meant for a monitor, like say Skyrim, that's not the VR Skyrim. If you play that, you're cool until you pull the menu up because the menu comes up on the side of the screen. Well, that's over in the blurry zone that will never come in focus because that's on the edge of the lens. Right. So with the eye tracker, then if you looked over at it, it would pull it to the middle. So, because it knows you're trying to see something over there. So that will actually give peripheral vision in VR, which is what VR so sorely lacks right now. 
I wonder if X4 will ever get this eye tracker stuff. That'd be great. Um, I don't know. I was I, I was thinking about actually suggesting it to them. There, there's a an API thing that you just download this module and bang, and your game supports it. So it's hmm. not hard to integrate. Um, so, yeah, it, I mean, it's as easy as putting track IR stuff. But track IR, I think you have to pay them to be able to utilize it in your game. So, but this stuff, it's just like, yeah, grab our stuff, stick it in your game. We love you. So, nice. You know, yeah. So besides Stellaris, were there any other games that really surprised you this year? There, There is just such a crap load of games. I can't even, Yeah, it's all kind of like mashed together into just a big gray goo of game that was this year. <laughs> and, you know, like as yeah. you guys go through stuff, then it, it, it's like the problem with, with like, the game awards, right? It's yeah. like, why do the games that come out in November always win the game of the year? Well, cause that's the most recent thing. So everybody can remember the name of it. <laughs> you know, it's not like, what was that thing that came out in January? It was really cool. You know, and I can't remember. So. Yeah, but it's, it's been a good year. I'll tell you that. Oh, it has, uh, man. I, I was looking back through the list of episodes that we'd done with people and stuff, you know, uh, Starcom Nexus. I'll, I'll bring that up as as like that's my surprise of the year, right? Because that game is so stinking good. I will yeah, add that my list. You know, it's like one dude made a AAA looking game that blew out some AAA studios that made games that are similar. I won't name, um, <laughs> but you know, it, it it's just like yeah, like I told him when he was on the thing, and and I repeated this in my Steam review. It's like this game is a collection of correct choices in design uh because it is you know and and it's just yeah. the game it's not just like oh this game's surprising you know it looks so good it plays good but the game continued to sustain the surprise because every time i would encounter something new it's like i couldn't think of a way to do that better so it just continued to be good yeah so i need to circle back now that it's actually out on Steam because I'm sure he's advanced it quite a bit since the last time I danced with. Him. Yeah, yeah, that that one is great. I'm really excited about that one. So, uh, Spaz, what about you? What would you say your most surprising games of the year were? Well, Starcom Nexus for sure. Um, Adios Amigos definitely made my list as just because, as I mentioned on the podcast, it reminded me of a certain game from the NES era called Solar Jetman. Oh right, <laughs> right, right, right. And and without the combat, which is what also is because it has many of the same features, including the the physics that Solar Gem. I mean, that it had the gravity at least, but yeah, no combat. Still, many things that can kill you, <laughs> and and more often than not, you end up killing yourself through yeah. your own actions oh, or God. inactions, as they may be. I could not imagine if that game had combat. Oh my god, <laughs> that would be horrible. <laughs> well, I could see it as as in the vein of you know as as Josh on the podcast, you know, do the, doing the uh, or you have a team versus team. You know, you had the, the suggestion I had, which is someone has one team has a station they want to drive to a certain point to tow to a certain point and the other team has a whole bunch of asteroids and they want to tow those asteroids into the station and destroy it before it can reach that point. You could do combat that way without actually having combat. Hmm. Oh, 
<sighs> it sounds like we all had like a lot of similar choices. That's awesome. So, well, there's another one. Oh, there's sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was just going to mention that because that was a pretty big surprise. We had a lot of fun with that one. I was just surprised that it happened. Yeah. <laughs> it was just <laughs> like enough. came out of nowhere. It was like, what? He made another. Yeah. And it's in and space. It's better. It's I, better. I haven't tried it on the new rig. I really need to load that up. It's probably we a should, problem. Yeah, we should uh, load up multiplayer one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's yeah, like it's when so I played fun. it, it was like too rough for me. It was just like, I'm going to let this cook for a while. He did just release a big patch for it, like a really big patch, which took out troop transports. And you have these like yeah, it's all Stargates now. Yeah, which looks funnier than troop transports. So I'm down. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the funny things about the troop transports is if the transport was almost docked and it got destroyed, you could end up with a whole bunch of enemy soldiers sitting outside, literally in a sitting position outside of your station because they were just stuck there. They, they couldn't despawn. They, they couldn't be shot at because nothing could hit them. And they'd just be sitting there floating. <laughs> just eating up your frame rate. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So do we have a what, – what categories do we have? So this is most surprising. Uh, and then, then most disappointing. And then we have games you played the most, and then which, which games, game or games, got the got refunded the most quickly, and uh, and then we have um, game of the year. Like if there's okay. one, if there's one game that you think would define 2018, I mean, it doesn't have to be the best game of the year, but like if you think of 2018 and you think the first game you think of to define like, so, so I'm gonna call this also my surprise of the year. Okay. Right. Because there's no other category to stick this in. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, No Man's Sky shocked the shit out of me. That, that is that fair. That's a good one. Yeah. No, that's a good one. Because I've put more hours in that thing, uh, like since the since the next thing that they put out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they've continued to put content. You know, it's it hasn't slowed down. So it, it's just like. That game started out as something I wouldn't look sideways at, and then about midway through the year, it was like, "Hey, that's kind of cool." And then they threw the the actually works multiplayer in, and it was total like, game oh. changer. Yeah, it was yeah. like, "Wow!" I mean, I, I loved the game before, but even more now. <laughs> well, it's like because yeah. you guys were talking about a, the Stargate thing, and that's what made me think of this. So I got to the first Stargate in No Man's Sky, which is hilarious because it actually looks like the Stargate from Stargate yep. it, in, yep. in the fact that it like blasts the water looking stuff out and, and everything at the beat. Um, and I stepped through that and I was like, Oh, okay, cool. This is going to take me somewhere else. And I'll have to probably, you know, talk to another NPC and I step out and there's like 10 bases. You, you guys saw the screenshot I put, right? There's like 10 yeah. player bases that are around there. And then there was like a thousand of those message balls and everybody had like, had, you know, wrote their own, like, you know, Bob was here or something funny. Some of them were hilarious. And, uh, but they're like, everybody just left a personal message around this Stargate. And it, it was, was for an event thing. That's why oh, there that were so was? many there. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the, the first event that it sends you through or the, the first event you can access through that gate uh, once once they actually put in the event system, the weekly event system, 
there was a, a designated gate that it would send you to. And yeah, uh, when I first got there, it was on the very first day they put it out and there was nothing there. Yeah. And the reason why there was nothing there is because there was a good hundred or so players who had been there before I got there and had already left messages, but it just wasn't loading in. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but when I stepped out of that thing, there was like a thousand of them. Yeah, it, it yeah. Was just they, like, they, they optimized the code is what yeah. it was. Yeah, and it, and it was just like... I, because the normal experience that I had had with it is like, I go to where your base is and it's like, it was, you know, months ago when I was there and then you log in and then your computer hands what it actually is over to my computer. Right. So we update because we're on the planet together and then I have your real base. And, but, but if you're not logged in, then I don't exchange that info with you because it's all local info because their server they they would have to have a hell of a server to actually hold to, like, to all the creations of yeah. all the people. Yeah. So it's like, I, I kind of understand that. But they also have the thing where you can upload your base to Steam, the workshop. So does that mean if you upload your base that other people download it and then it's really where it should be like that? Is that the, uh, the, the way I understand it is when you upload your base, it, it syncs the, the base information to the NMS server. And then when people access your base, that's the version that they get to see. If you make changes while you're online, but you don't actually upload it, those things don't Uh, tend to stick. But if you continue to upload your base, then if somebody lands at that planet, they've never been there before, they're actually going to see the base you uploaded. They should, yeah. Okay, well, that's cool. It's supposed to sync that information up. Um, but as you, as you mentioned, when we tried it last, I hadn't been on for a while and you hadn't been on for a while. So you saw the base in its previous state because it just hadn't been uploaded. Yeah. Very cool all around though. Like hats off to those guys for absolute redeeming of that thing. Yeah. Super, super, super duper impressive. Like even I liked it. it. If it can just, I want my spaceship to, or my space suit to be like X4 Foundations, where you jump out of the belly of the ship and then you can actually jet around in space and get your repair laser out and stuff, as opposed to how it is now where I step off the edge of my ship and fall. Because <laughs> gravity in space, right? Wait, I still hot? think it's hilarious that you can call your frigate fleet into orbit, into low orbit from a planet, fly up there land on one of your frigates and then jump off and successfully land on your planet. Yeah. They need a parachute or something. So you got the jetpack, but well, yeah, if you don't have an upgraded jetpack and a whole bunch of minerals to keep you alive, Uh because you will suffocate, uh, then, uh, yeah, you can survive the jump. It's, it's not easy to do because you have to have a lot of stuff on hand, but, it's possible to survive it and just jetpack down. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. Well, are we moving on to most disappointing games now? Should we? We good with that? If we have to. <laughs> no, we don't have to. I, were there any more surprises for you, Spaz? Uh, no, not really. 
Yeah. Yeah. There were good games, but a lot of good games. Prices of them were good. Yeah, like a lot of games like were great this year, but we knew they were great like out of the gate because we played the pre-release version or whatever, you know. So it's like we knew they were we we were like a certain dwarf mining game, (laughs) which we'll (laughs) mention later. Oh, oh, really? Okay. Uh, Well, I figured you were going to mention it too. So yeah. uh, Let's see. So most disappointing games. I have two. Uh, Origin Space, which was a uh, Diablo-style uh, ARPG, which was a lot of fun, and then abandoned and quote-unquote released, um, was probably my biggest disappointment of the year, because it, it could have been a great game if the developer actually finished it, but they didn't. They just released it, and it's infuriating when that happens, like utterly, disgustingly infuriating. Um, yeah, going going from um, version zero point three four to six months later, leaving early access release. Yeah, yeah, it's, with no it, real communication in between. Yeah, and there were no changes, and and like it, the version numbers didn't really change, and nothing. There was no crafting that was never added. There was a lot that just didn't work. So, yeah, uh, that's my biggest disappointment of the year. Following that is a game called Fleets of Ascendancy, which just pissed me off to no end because it looked great. Like, it had a. It, like, on paper, it looked great. But when I played it, it was like, what the f- fork? <laughs> trying to curse less. What the fork is going on here? This is forking shirt. This is just terrible. Um,. So those are my disappointments of the year. What about you, Jim? I hate all games. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I've I've kind of blocked out the ones that were just like eh. that is fair. There, there was is a fair. lot of stuff that I I can't say that there was anything that came out this year that I was hyped for and then it let me down. It was stuff mm. that I looked at and I was just like, nah. <laughs> that's well, that's good. Be good. That's that's and, actually good. Yeah, so. <laughs> So there, there was, yeah, nothing, nothing caught me unawares this year. It, it was just like the trash was obvious. Well, that's good. What about you, Spaz? Uh, most of the same, because I didn't really have any games that I was severely disappointed by. Uh, nothing that sticks in recent memory, because it would. <laughs> well, I guess we're lucky then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there were some things that I took a gamble on. And because of that refund button is right there, and it was just like, I'll, I'll check. Up, oh, nope, eject. <laughs> you know, because like my my refund stuff is all within like ten minutes. I don't I don't think I've played a game more than ten minutes before. I'm, I intri- that button. I'm intrigued to get to that category then. <laughs> yeah, I have to pull up my list. So let's move There's on to. A- yeah, no, I I, re- I refunded about half a dozen games this year, which isn't a lot, but it's still. A decent amount. So let's move on to the next category, games you played the most. Uh, This can be a space game or not a space game because, you know, there are probably other games you played that weren't space games. For me, the game I probably played the most uh, that was a space game was 3030 Death War Redo. Guys, if you haven't played that game, it is just... It's ridiculous. Ugh. 
I, I can't knock you for that one. That was that was. Oh my, oh my god, dude! Have you <laughs> seen the movie Rotor? Rotor. Which, which boogie? Yeah, R- Rotor or R O T O R. No, it's I have a not. Terrible, terrible and movie. It's, and it's it's an acronym too, by the way. Yeah, God knows what it means. It means terrible movie in some language, but okay. So there, it's, there it's is like, a riff tracks of it, by the way. Yeah, there is a riff tracks. That's why I thought maybe you saw it. There's a police robot that's in that thing, and um, I landed at a station in thirty thirty, and I walk in, and the bartender behind the bar is the fucking police robot from Rotor. And I was laughing so hard and I oh, went into Discord right. and I put I posted a picture of it and I was like, Who the hell did this? You know? And one of the devs was like, Well, it's the police station, and that was like the only police oh. robot we could think. And, and it was just like, Oh my god, I can't believe somebody wow. other than me has seen this movie. I'm surprised they didn't go with Robocop or something, but that's that's an even deeper cut. Oh. Well done. Oh, well god. done. There's a oh, police god. station in the game? Yeah, there's one of the stations that's like the police headquarters. Really? I must have not even. I've probably Dude, been every there time and I didn't even realize. Game, I see stuff that. Well, like we were talking today, right? About the the thing about just carrying cargo one station to another in thirty thirty is satisfying. It's so because satisfying. you have to make choices about risk and reward and yeah, flying how much through of the my nebula. Time. Yeah, like exactly. I could. Yeah, it's like I could. I could. I could Kessel run this thing, or I could take the slow route. And take a lot of time, right? Do I just yeah. want to, you know, take the risk and do, and but it's always engaging, right? As mm-hmm. but in elite, it's just like, oh, well, I'll jump, you know, that's ten jumps over there. It's just like every other jump, whatever. You don't have I to know. think about it. So, so that's another place where that game succeeds. But yeah, every mm-hmm. time I play that game, I run into something that I haven't seen before, and and that's that's just you know, I thought I had seen a lot in there, and then I ran into the that robot from that movie <laughs> and it was just like oh my god talk about your hidden easter eggs that just brought me such joy i i cannot describe to you just how fun it was to see that thing in there and know exactly what it was and that, that it, it, it was just like the dev just giving me a bad movie fist bump <laughs> it was like yeah brother we both see this pile of shit if yeah. you know it you know it yeah, folks, if you haven't played 3030 Death War, it really is one of the finest space games released in the last several years. It's just so good. It has just so much going for it on every level, from sound design to writing to combat to missions to trade to exploration even. Um, there's just so much to do in that game. And it... It, and it has a pace to it that never slows down and gets boring. Like, like it is hard to get to find a, like a gap in that game where you'll be bored. You know, it's just it's such a well designed thing. I, it, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna post in the the uh, stream chat the picture of the conversation that I had with the devs about. Oh, cool. Um, Next on my list is Helium Rain. That's number, I think, my second most played game of the year. Space game, at least. Um, We're going to be talking about Helium Rain a lot. uh, That's why it's on the stream. Because that game is fantastic. Uh, It's kind of been a little lost in the shuffle after X4 came out. Because X4 is like a larger game that does more in a lot of ways. But I think in a lot of ways, Helium Rain is the better game that does things more efficiently. 
So it's it's kind of interesting. Like it's been a decent year for open space trading games. Like you've had some really good ones this year. And, yeah, well, it's uh, like after after playing a lot of Helium Rain, and I went back and played some X three, and mm-hmm. then I went back and played some more Helium Rain, and I was just like, okay, so they've taken a lot of the things that aggravate me about the X series and just streamlined them right out. You know, like the stuff where it's like, God, I wish that the prices and stuff was like laid out like a spreadsheet so I could tell what the hell is what. And, and there it is. Rain's like, here you go. Here you go. Exactly. You want like oh, I I know this system, this planet, this planet makes has a station that makes this thing I need for this other thing. I'm gonna go there. Yeah, it's like it's like hey, they call that place the Forge. I bet that's where the metal factories are. Hmm. You know, things are named sense. Yeah, it's just such good design. Is Helium Rain. And my last game is not a space game, but it's Warhammer 40,000 Inquisitor Martyr, which that's a mouthful. Um, but uh, that game took a lot of my time until I hit a wall with it. And I'm really hoping the big 2.0 patch that's coming out next year, which is going to make the campaign co-op and everything, will really revitalize it. Because right now it's like, meh. <laughs> But 70 hours out of it, I can't complain, you know. Oh, and Pernicious says uh, the Newtonian physics and space flight and helium rain is spot on. Absolutely. Absolutely. No question. Um, Jim, what were the games you played the most this year, space or non-space? Oh, I played maybe a tenth as much Battletech as Spaz did, which means I've got thousands of hours. And uh, <laughs> because played this shit 363 out of hours of Battletech, 363 logged hours Ooh. of Battletech. Wow. Well, it would have been more, but I took a break in between the last update they did before this uh, Flashpoints was released because I wanted to make sure that when it released, I could jump back into it, and yeah. and that's when I wanted to jump in fresh. So I have been playing it. It's just uh, I, I took that break for a couple months. Okay. Yeah, I played that and I played well let me go ahead, Brian, say yours. I'm gonna fish my actual Steam. Oh game I was gonna I was gonna s I was gonna wonder if Warframe was on that list. Oh Warframe is absolutely the most played thing all year. Yes. I uh, I need to play more I, I need to play Warframe. more of it. I was I was putting in I was putting in sixty hour weeks at one point. So I played a little bit of that's maybe why I don't remember anything else that I played this year is Warframe just destroyed my brain. <laughs> yeah, I had to get back into it. They just got had a big update and they just keep chugging along with the updates on that one. Like it's really impressive. Like where did they get all their money? <laughs> but I guess they're doing all right. Um Spaz, what about you? What would you say the game which games you played the most this year were? Ooh, that's well, Battletech obviously is, is there because sure, yeah. Um, now looking at my list, uh, Slay the Spire is it's an interesting choice on there because I have 410 hours in it. Whoa, wow, that's a lot of hours. That's a wow, that's great when a yeah, game can I, give you I, I put a significant amount of time trying to. Well, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of end game there. So, oh, really? a lot of it is 
attempt attempt to run, die horribly. Attempt to run, die horribly. <laughs> attempt to run, die horribly. But then again, with with my love of roguelikes, that's kind of a given. Right. Right. Yeah. I I, I remember seeing like because with Discord you could see what people are playing a lot of the time, and I remember seeing that one on yours quite a bit. Just like with Jim and Warframe. <laughs> Jim's playing Warframe again. <laughs> were those the were those the two? Were those the big ones? I'd I'd say those two um, and some of uh, Civilization Six. Um, probably about. Uh, well, I have less than a hundred hours in it, but still, a lot of that was in the last three or four months. Yeah, I actually just started playing that over email, and it's not bad. It's 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 not bad at all. Um, I'm excited about the expansion. I think that'll be fun. Cause, oh, yes. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. What are they adding back in that they just haven't had for a while? Is it religion? I think they're adding... So, they- no, no. With the... Uh, I believe it's called Gathering Storm is the name of the expansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what it's, what it's adding in, or at least adding back, is environmental effects. Oh, So right. weather is going to be a deal. And climate change is going to be something to consider. So if you've been burning a lot of coal in the early game, that's going to affect global temperatures. And weather effects are going to be more extreme in the later game. Which includes things like the ice caps melting and the, the, uh, well, coastal areas suddenly finding themselves underwater because the caps have melted. Fun. Which could also mean that if you are if you are inland with your cities, your entire civilization is inland. You're not on the coast. You could potentially screw over the other players in the game huh. by burning a lot of coal and oil early on, so that their coastal cities get flooded. <laughs> That's pretty great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So I'm not because turn. I want to be a bastard, but because you know. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays. I've determined that Steam is incorrect about my playtime hours. Sometimes it is. Oh, I've played a lot of Fallout 4, and it doesn't even show up in the list here. Really? Weird. Yeah. Um, Okay, so MechWarrior Online, 689 hours. Warframe, 640 hours. Elite Dangerous, 403. Oof! Yeah. Uh, but you know what? To contrast that, how long has X4 been out? I got 98 hours in that already. It's, it's been, all, out, it's what, like been two out two weeks. weeks. Two weeks. That's yeah. a lot. That's a lot so, more than I have. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed yeah. at that. Still um, still looking at my list. Uh, 49 hours in heat signature. That was a good Oh, uh, okay. Good, good one. Surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And um, now, not surprisingly, uh, 86 hours in EDF 4.1. But I only bought the same version in June. So, yeah. Yeah, we, we put a lot of... You've put more time in than I have, clearly, but we've still put a, quite a bit of time into that one. And, yes, uh, we have. It's not going to stop anytime soon. And we'll be playing soon, it on Thursday. Yay! <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited about that. I love EDF. And oh, in, in EDF 5, which I... I want it so of. bad. Oh, I want fi- is EDF I want 5 f- more of that, or is there new stuff? Because I saw it's like, oh wow, it's giant ants and the same robots and stuff. Oh, there, there so is, there like, is that because it's, it's actually a prequel to the story. It takes uh, place during the first alien invasion, but 
But you start off as a civilian, and then you make your way into the EDF organization um, as the story goes on. Yeah. I want those guys to make a new robot alchemic drive for me, please. Oh, Sandlot could do it. I mean, they did the original. That's that's, That's that's another PS2 game I've been trying to find at an affordable price, and it's just not happening. Oh, my God. I want I want a my pet giant robot game so bad where you can just like okay so a lot of people would play robot alchemic drive like you you get on a building somewhere and like watch the fight oh no no I'm on the robot's shoulder because I'm Johnny Sacco I'm going, <laughs> I died a lot but by God I had the best view in town yeah that's another game I've been having a hard time finding because any game where you can cheap. actually ride on the shoulder of your giant robot. That's pretty great. It into battle. You, you just can't beat that. So that's pretty yeah. goddamn great. That is, you really can't go wrong there and like, make it VR. Oh, sweet Jesus. Please <laughs> give me robot alchemic VR. And you'll well, not there's see that one. Uh, although it's not, although you're not riding outside the mech, you're inside it. It's Archangel. Which is on PS4. Yeah, but that's and on that Rails. Pretty though. good. It is on Rails. I know, but in terms of concept, yeah, have, it, it works. Did, did you get Vox Machina? The the it's actually Mech Warrior. You're in the Mech, like full control of it in V. I have not. Oh, you need to do that. It's on oh. my list. It's on oh, my list. Oh, you need to do that. That that's my that's my VR shocker of the year, and also. Because it's between that and Battlezone, which are both the, the VR Battlezone. I commend both of those games because they do not require VR, yet they were made with VR in mind. But it's perfectly acceptable if it's not in VR, because it gives you a, a reasonable play experience even on a regular monitor. You can jump right in with the people playing VR. But the thing about Vox Machina is, if you have, and I don't have the the motion controllers. I just have the the headset like you do. So I don't get the advantage of the cool shit, like being able to actually reach up and grab the microphone of my CB radio that's mounted in the wall of my mech and pull the mic down and talk into it. Because whenever you do that, the other people that are talking, it uses the head tracking to actually render the other person's head when they come on the radio so if they nod or tilt their head or, you know, whatever, and it lip syncs, right? So it's a very lifelike cartoon person that's actually talking on the radio to you. It's pretty crazy. That's pretty great. I mean, granted, you know, I only have the the PS4 headset. Yeah. So, and I but haven't connected it to the, the PC. Oh, okay. If, if you ever want to do that, I'll walk you through doing it. It's easy. It costs 10 bucks. Yeah, I know about Trinus. I just haven't used it. Yeah, but the uh, the that's that's my uh, my super cool VR thing that I saw this year, and and how simple of a thing, right? But it's just like when because it's like uh, in Wing Commander, right? When people would talk and you'd have the talking head on the screen, except it's actually the other person just rendered as a cartoon, but it's doing the lip sync and the head track stuff, so they actually move like a real person. They're not just like you know, a still picture with a flapping lip. That is pretty cool. I just, awesome. I just wasn't ready for that to to happen. And then uh, for Dankest Meme of the Year is VR Chat. 
which is basically 4chan come to life. It's I don't know. If, I don't know if you've ever seen it. Just watch a YouTube video, a VR chat. There's a girl, uh, Hey, I'm B is her name. Uh, just watch one of her videos and you'll either be horrified or in love with it or both. <laughs> okay. It's it's like second life, but everybody's in VR and everybody's a comedian. Right. It was like, there's one guy that was in there and, uh, the head on his character was a Google home and they had somehow hacked together a soundboard of Google home talking, but they had it rapping and it was a pretty dope rap. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. It was like, yo, yo search lady in the house. Oh my God. <laughs> Brian, how did streets of rogue not make your list? Which one, which, which category? Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> I love Streets of Rogue, but it's... I think it'll be done in 2019. But yeah, I think so, too. I, I hope so. I'm not sure, but I hope so. Um, so for Nier, I forgot to mention, is oh. uh, I've got I've got almost 80 hours in that. And right. it's yeah. going to be releasing early next year, February. That, that's a question that I had about Astroneer because I, I heard uh, Scott Johnson on his boop show talking about Astroneer. And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, it's coming out. And it's like, wow, that game was so not complete last time I screwed around with it. Like, there, there was really kind of nothing to do except build the base. And you could dig up those weird alien plant things. But there was there was really no resistance in the game. Like, there's nothing trying to hurt you or to work well, with it's it's sort of like um, it's sort of like Adios Amigos in that regard, yeah. Because there are a, there are some hostile fauna, and on one of the planets, there's this wind that will fling objects around, and, mm. and those objects are spiky and will kill so, you. If they but it's entirely player versus environment sort of thing. It's yeah, it's not meant to be yeah, it's it's meant to be a co-op player versus environment experience. That's really it's it's one of my go-to Zen games because mm-hmm. of that. So in a sense it's a little bit like No Man's Sky in that it's what you make of it rather mm-hmm. than expecting it to give you a narrative experience. Okay, so the, the last time I played it, it was uh they had just put the moon buggy thing in. So since then, what has happened? A whole bunch? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of new stuff. Uh, new ways to craft, uh, new new buildings that you can put down. Um, many of the buildings can just be packed up and then put onto a vehicle, you know, stuck onto a vehicle. You can drive them to another location and then set up your base elsewhere. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, they've been going really modular with that. Which is a very cool idea, because since you can repack stuff up, that means that you're not necessarily stuck to one location. That's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. I've got to do co-op for that someday. Someday. It has co-op? I'll I'll see if I can get a co-op. It's up to four-player co-op. Well, I guess I have to get a copy somehow. Um all right, so next category is quickest refund. If you guys remember any games you refunded this year, for me, um, I have a couple. The first one is Space Rocket, which is this 
asset flip game that I bought for a dollar just to try it. And it's basically hitting the space bar uh, while a rocket launches to um, like drop one stage of the rocket and fire off the next just to see how high you can go. That's the whole game. And it was a dollar. And I refunded it. Because <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> I think I played it for like 20 minutes. The other one I refunded really quickly was... Uh, I was really sad about this one. Um, Vicious Attack Llama Apocalypse. Which is... What could go wrong? It just... I was. It looked so great. It was a top-down... Sh- roguelike where you're an armed llama. I mean, that looks fantastic, but it it just didn't feel right. It like the shooting was slow, the controls were sluggish. It just didn't feel good at all. Like it was really I was so sad about that one. I was so yeah. sad about that one. Uh Jim, do you have any games that you refunded real fast? Uh yep. So uh and I said that there was nothing that I looked forward to and then like got suckered by. I, I take that back now that I looked down my refund list. Chasm. Chasm went back in about 15 minutes. I was well, just like, oh no. Which no. one was that again? That, Remind that's me. unfortunate. Yeah. I like Chasm. Yeah. I tried, but it was like I could see where it was going real quick, and it's just like, mm mm. So a- Chasm Chasm's a Metroidvania style game, which I helped kickstart. And the idea is you are you are a soldier who is uh, sent to a town above this mine, and monsters have been appearing in the mine, and bad stuff has been happening, and you have to figure out this mystery of a what happened to the villagers, save who you can, uh, and b end the threat. Yeah, on paper it seems cool but like actually playing it it was just like i i don't know i i didn't like the the feel of it at all it, it just something felt bad well recent reviews have taken it from mixed to very positive so um, they fixed they 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 just released a new deal a free dlc pack for it apparently it's been uh mm-hmm. they've had some patches it looks like so i don't know maybe if it yeah, goes they, on they've been making improvements since release yeah, so maybe um, maybe uh, if it goes on sale enough for you, maybe revisit it because it looks great. It's on my wish list. I just it hasn't been at a low enough price for me yet. Um, yeah, most gifted game was Deep Rock Galactic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sent that to four people. Yeah. Uh, oh my god! Yeah. yeah, I'm so excited about that one because their roadmap, folks. If you we've done a couple of streams of Deep Rock Galactic, it's amazing. It's amazing. But the developers are just so great in that they're making it single-player viable as well, which a lot of these kind of four-player co-op games are really lacking. Like, they don't give a shit about the single-player, you know? And But Deep Rock Galactic is adding this robot called Bosco, which is a great name, and it can do a lot of the things your compatriots can do in a multiplayer game. Uh, and they just made it even better. Like, it's moddable now, <laughs> for example. Um, so you can make it mine better or shoot better or whatever, you know. Uh, so they made the game viable for the single player, which is good because there's progression in it, you know. Uh, so 
the devs of Deep Rock Galactic definitely know what the fuck they're doing, uh, the fork they're doing. And uh, they are if, awesome. Oh they my are god, really they're so awesome. awesome. And if you see it on sale, uh, whichever sale it's going to be, uh, definitely check it out because it looks great. I mean, it is great. It is great. Um, and we've done four-player co-op with it. Oh, and, and it's so fun. Had, it's so fun. Absolutely. Yeah, we've had fun two- and four-player co-op. It, it, it'll, yeah, you can play it through two, three, or four players, and wow. Just so much. And every class is viable. Like, there are four different classes, and you're like, oh, one class is way weaker. I'll just go out to always take the driller, because he's got these big drills. And, I mean, that's fine if that's what you want, but they all have something to offer, which is great. Now, yeah, it's worth noting that each one has its own progression as well. Yeah. So just because you get really good with one character doesn't mean that you're done. You, you will want to actually play through all four characters at some point, eventually. And then there's even a, um, you could call it like a reincarnation system in another game. Um, but once you've maxed out levels, you can start over. It's like prestige classes. You, oh, you max them out, right. and, then, and then you reset, and then you get permanent bonuses as you continue to reset, get all the way up to the, the max level, reset again, and yeah. So that's part of their progression system, and it looks really good. I haven't gotten that far yet, but wow. I would think was, they'll probably reset all that once the game goes to 1.0 anyway. They've reset it before, so... I don't know. Maybe. What were we going to say, Jim? Oh. Um, it was unrelated to that. I've all lost right. it now. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, well, Spaz, uh, m- maybe while th- Jim's thinking of getting that back, what uh, do you have an, a nomination for quickest refunded game? Uh, yeah, um, I, I've refunded only very few games this, this year. Just, I can count it on one hand, but right. two of them, I can name two. The first one is called the last train. And the idea is it's a post-apocalyptic kind of thing. The problem is that when I bought it, I bought it right at release, no reviews yet. Uh, there, there was barely anything posted in the uh, Steam discussions at that point. I couldn't get past the title screen. As in, I could load up the title screen, but nothing could be interacted with. And I had to actually force close the game. And after about five minutes of trying to do that and getting nowhere, I refunded it. So I wanted to like it. I just couldn't play it. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see another one I insta-bounced on is I'm Not a Monster. Wasn't that free right now? Uh, it might be. It deserves to be. It, it's like I a, would not go that far. I would not uh, go that far. I actually liked it. But then again, consider the yeah. game that I used to. Well, that's see. That's why I bought the thing is because I was thinking about whatever that was. That what was it called? Mush. I used to admin mush. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was one so of the I'm game moderators that. for that, but. Yeah. yeah, so I'm looking at that, and I'm th- I'm thinking, like, this is like a mush or Space Station 13-ish kind of thing going to happen. Okay, cool. And it was more like a multiplayer XCOM kind of thing, but made no sense. And, yeah, I, I didn't stick around long enough to figure out why. 
it was it was immediately evident not my game. I mean that's fair. It, I liked it, but yeah, I can understand that it wouldn't click with you. Well, I think at the price because it was like twenty bucks or something like that. So yeah, that's okay. If it had been like that's, a five dollar thing. I'd have been like, well, yeah. I mean that that yeah. would be a, it's a keep it in the inventory and maybe play it. You know, for yeah. a multiplayer screen. Oh yeah, thing. other other speed bounce was Zone of the Enders, which. For me to bounce off a mecha game has to be oh really wrong. Th- is that yeah. the Mars the Mars thing or yeah. something? Yeah, it's it's a, a remaster. Know, it, it's a Kojima game, right? And it's a remaster of a PlayStation Two Hideo Kojima masterpiece right. on the PS Two. Such a bad port. Holy oh really? Oh, if God, I if yeah. I if I was to get one of those, there's two of them. If I was to get one for my PS Two, which one would I get? The first one or the second one? You have a PS Three. I have a PS2 and a PS3. Use it for the PS3, then you get both of them, and it's remastered. Oh. And is yeah, that yeah. and that one's okay? And that one's a good port. That one's a good. Yeah. Okay, I'll just yeah. Do this that new remaster is not because I oh. think they re-remastered it for PS4 and PC, and it was like I don't know how you fuck it up like that, but they did. Sometimes PC ports go bad. I mean, yeah, it's true. There are, there are examples of good ports, like Valkyria Chronicles Four has had a pretty good port uh and that's one of the games that i've played 100 hours in yeah, on dragon quest PS4. 11 excellent port which one dragon quest 11 supremely good port 11 oh my god yeah the series has been around a long time i mean it's it's one of those things where they actually have to release on a friday when they release in japan because if they release on any other day of the Sorry. week, the number of kids who would skip out on school in order to buy it. Um, it and that's that's why they always release on Dragon Quest on a Friday. It, that's been that way for decades. It's six. <laughs> it's sixty bucks. Oof. Yeah, but, it's no joke, but it, it's good. All right, I'll wish. I would say it's a touch easier than I wish that it was. It doesn't really make me work for it. Um. But it's not a pushover like Nino Kuni Two was. Nino Kuni Two, you can sleepwalk through that thing. They actually put a patch out, I guess, that made it harder. But the way they made it harder was just like, hey, we gave all the enemies like double hit points or something, and it's like that. That doesn't sound there, fun. There was a, there was one I bounced off of, um, which is unfortunate because I wanted to like it. The colonists. And oh, I wouldn't yeah. say disappointing. I'm not going to say it's disappointing. It's just that I bounced off it because of a a particular part of the design of the levels in which you may have a resource you need. It's, it's a logistics thing. You've got these, these robots that you are uh, trying to terraform a planet with effectively and make it ready for human colonists. Well, part of the issue is the way the design is each each of the levels is handcrafted so it's always the same there's no randomization in that respect you have these logistics chains that you have to create which is part of the puzzly nature of it but it's kind of maddening in that in some of the levels unless you know exactly where you're going to need to be you might have a resource you need that's on the other side of the map and the levels are long so if you have built out in a certain direction 
that is opposite of where you need to be, you may not have the resources to reach the next thing you need in order to complete the level. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. It's, it's not necessarily that it's a bad game. It's just one of those where it seems like, well, if you want to beat it, you're going to need a strategy guide telling you where you need to build to, and then you can figure out the rest. But at that point, are you really playing the game? Yeah. That so sound fun. I, I wish that there had been at launch some sort of randomization where there's there's some sort of procedural generation to those missions and to the maps so that you you will have a little bit of leeway in puzzling out where to go, building your logistics chains, but not necessarily making it so that you have to have it damn near perfect in order to get there. Which is the problem with handcrafted levels. If you don't know what you're doing, you're going to have to restart multiple times in order to figure out that exact formula. And, well, on that, they lost me. Again, mm. unfortunate. That is unfortunate. All right, well, it's time to turn things back to the positive and talk about our game of the year for 2018. Now, this is, again, doesn't have to be the best game of the year, but... To me, it's the game that, like, when you think back as to what was released in 2018 that was special, like, it's the first thing that comes to mind. And for me, that's Helium Rain, which is also one of the best games of the year. Like, no question, that game is special. And it was in early access for a long time. The developers are really great. They're even on our Discord. They take the time to answer our questions on our Discord, let alone theirs. And uh, it's just, it's really a special, special game that if you haven't played, keep an eye on it for the, uh, in one of the upcoming or current sales, because it is just truly a labor of love in every, like you can, you're just playing this thing and you're like, so much thought was put into that button right there, you know, or this screen, you know, there's just, it's just so, such an efficient game. That, that values your time and respects your intelligence, which doesn't happen a ton. So that's my game of the year for 2018 is Helium Rain. What about you, Jim? Do you have, a, do you have one? Um, was Starpoint Gemini Warlords this year? Or no, was it? it was last year. Okay. Because yeah. they put out so much DLC. Oh, my God. I know. For the last I know. So, but yeah, anyway, it's an awesome game. I mean, that's my that's my uh, my award for most complete game three times over. <laughs> right? Year. Oh my god! It's like they finished that game three times. Yeah. Oh, it, it, but every time they would stick DLC on it, it was something actually completely meaningful. Yeah, it's like almost so. expansion level DLC. It's like they're like almost like old school expansions rather than just yeah. Like, and I could just sandbox the shit out of that thing for. Hundreds oh, of hours. Oh God, yeah. And not get oh God. It. It's just like when I'm playing X4, I'm just like, oh, I wish it did this thing that Warlords did. Oh, you I know. know. It's like I want, I want to send burned a copy of Warlords and, and just be like, rip through this, right, and steal because <laughs> you know, like just just borrow what you need to because it's doing a lot of the same things you are, but uh, more efficiently and just better in general. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like once you get out of the little quick ships, I don't care for the little frigates because they're too much like fighters. So I 
I downloaded that because uh, the way that I play the game is I play it like I'm playing uh, Starfleet Command. Right? Sure. I just go top yeah. down view, get my shield display up, and yeah. So I'm fire worried about maneuvering and fire at will dudes, and not so much shooting. Yep, fire at will always. Fire, fire at will. And I'll handle the abilities. Just fire at will. I'll just keep. I'll make sure they're in your exactly it. Yeah, I'll make sure they're in your arc. Just keep shooting them. <laughs> Now, yep. my thing to do with that is fly the Defiant because you can mod that in. Oh God, and yes, that is so fun. <laughs> I've I've done I've I've flown around in the Defiant even though I've got access to the Titan. So yeah. it's yeah, it's the fucking. <laughs> well, the, thing, the thing that I love is you can mod in all the Imperial ships. Like if it's if it's in the X Wing board game, because they have like a whole bunch of Imperial stuff that I guess got made up in. Uh, canonical side things, you know, or like the rebels cartoon or whatever it was in. Right. But it's stuff that I wasn't even familiar with, but boy, there's a shitload of Imperial ships. So I'm just flying the Imperial Navy around. I'm very happy. (laughs) Yeah. It's really great. And and I should also mention the game is effectively complete at this point. They've released the last DLC they're going to release called Endpoint, And it's wrapping up, the warlord story and they're working on another game at this point as far as i understand i don't know what they're working on Uh, you know what i would really love to see is i would like to see a game like starpoint gemini warlords but done with the home world engine kind of thing right like mm. it's 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 home world but on a map like warlords so that you're actually playing a big galactic campaign but the individual fights are RTSs with homeworld ships. Oh yes. I mean, it, technically, that could be just sins of the solar empire. Very um, much. I, I had well, that. I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Has anybody made a mod for sins of the solar empire that just put the homeworld shit in it? Because really, that's what it would need to do. And we're that sort of. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look now. To Nexus, we go. That'd be weird. That'd be like putting a Sins of a Solar Empire mod into Homeworld. <laughs> it's like, what? Well, see, that's the thing, right? Is Sins of a Solar Empire, it's it's cool, but I don't feel any kind of attachment to the vanilla units that are in there. That's those, fair. Those three different factions, I just don't care. Well, technically, you know, it's humans are yeah, yeah. But it's it's mere universe versions of humans, and yeah, but it's it. I don't know. It's like, it, hey, there's generic humans and some generic Klingon-y kind of aliens and some generic uh, space elf people or whatever. I don't care. It, it's just like, let me smack a mod on here as fast as I can. Now, they put that new DLC. Was it today the new DLC yeah. came out? Yeah. Uh, was that today? Yeah. yeah. yeah the new, apparently, it's very good. It's um, It adds a bunch oh, of yeah, minor factions. Yesterday. yesterday was my yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, I've yeah. been playing it. And... Um, the, the minor factions. So the idea is that you can encounter these minor factions on the map. You can send a diplomatic vessel to them. And with enough diplomatic favor you gain with them, you can add them to your side. Now, what's interesting is you become uh, sort of their, uh, their sovereign. So you don't have direct control over any of their units. They'll build on their own. They will uh, build ships and buildings on their own and develop their their system on their own. But you can't directly control any of their stuff. Uh, so I can't can do, I can't play the bad guys. Roll in 
beat them into submission and make them my vassals. And they no, have no, 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 no. What you can do though is with a diplomatic ship in, in their system, you can if you have enough diplomatic favor already gained. So it takes time to build that up, but you can spend resources in order to tell them things like, hey, gather your ships and go attack this planet, or go gather your, your fleet and lay siege to this planet, bombard it to weaken it. And then you can send your own ships to add to that melee. Mm. So that is kind of cool. That is kind of cool. You can't, yeah, you can have them do raids. You can well, have them. Can you have them um, just come support you? Like if you're getting your ass beat, can you call them in like the cavalry? You can say, uh, uh, attack this system. Give them, give them a request to attack the system. Pay them a bunch of resources. And then they'll either have a, send the fleet that they have or build up a little bit and then send them. Wow. So nice. that is, and then, oh, here's the other yeah. Depending on the, minor faction they may have different abilities like one of the ones that i encountered will allow you to uh call in uh another fleet you can call in a fleet to a system or you can um they have different special abilities and you can even use technology upgrades in order to add to the to the level of things you can do with them so that is pretty interesting oh. uh, that's neat. Yeah, changes the game up a bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to pick that up because uh, it looks great, and I'm, I'm really impressed that they're still fleshing that game out. That came out in 2012, which is six years ago. So, damn. Yeah, it's been a while, and I, honestly, I think the Star Trek Armada thing for it is still a AAA game. Oh my god, it's so good, right? Oh my god, it's so good. Just shocked how good that is. Uh, but we went off at a tangent, Jim. Uh, did you say what your game of the year was? I don't think you did. Because <laughs> Jim and I, Warlords was last year, sadly. So do you uh, have yeah. one? That, yeah. Well, that's kind of what I had in mind, was that um, I'm going to go with Fallout 76 because it has provided so much for the press. Um, it, it's the game that continues to give and... Thanks to Todd Howard for all the personal sacrifices that he's made. I, I wish that everybody, when the voting opens on Steam, uh, we can go to Steam and just vote for Bethesda's Developer of the Year. And I think we should make that happen. Not Crickets. sure whether to take you seriously or not. No, I'm completely full of shit. Oh, but, I, okay. but I am serious that everybody should go there and just for the meme power, just vote them as Studio of the Year because... Um, <laughs> hold, hold, <laughs> hold your canvas bag high and be proud. Oh God, the yeah. canvas bag. Yeah. So seriously though, what would you say is your game of the year for 2018? Oh, Do you, I mean, if you don't have one, that's understandable. It's, it's been a really good year. So it'd be tough. I, it, it has I, been. I mean, it, at this point, given the amount of time that I've put in it in such short order and you know, the iron is still hot, right? Hmm. I'm going to say game of the year 2019 is X4 <laughs> Foundations. It, it's going to take about a year, but then it's going to be game of the year for 20. That's, I mean, honestly, it, that's going to be a spectacular You know what? I can't blame you. I mean, Re- Rebirth ended up being a pretty great game. Um, 
after what two expansions? I think it was. Yeah, um, and honestly, it, playing X four makes me appreciate Rebirth ten times more. Not not because you know like X four is a mess and. I should go back and play Rebirth, but but it's honestly like I've I've seen like what Rebirth evolved into, and it makes sense in X four, where in Rebirth it was just like none of this makes sense, but then if I go back to Rebirth, it's like oh now it kind of makes sense because I've seen the better version of this, I've seen the evolution, uh, so yeah, so sense. I can kind of come back and actually understand what's going on under the hood a little bit more. So right. yeah, that's that's been nice. And and special thanks to Dex for helping me understand what the hell is going on in Albion Prelude, because that game has been impenetrable to me for how long's it been out? Six years, eight years. I just bounced off it and bounced off it and bounced off it, and finally I actually started playing it with a little bit of tutorial from him, and I've I've got a fleet now. It's crazy. I don't have a base yet, but I got some ships and I made some money. And I almost feel like I might someday know what I'm doing. Right. I, I love what the, what that game is. I just don't like trying to figure out how to be that. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it's just like with X4, it's so immediately approachable in those ways. And with X3, it's like about 20 hours in, if you don't screw up, you might get to what you're in an X4 in the first five hours or something, <laughs> right? So, because X4, you know, it's like you get a mission, it kind of puts the training wheels on you, right? Because you, you meet that uh, sea monkey in your first mission, and, and he's like he's like the last boron in the universe, right? And, he, and he's like, hey, I want you to investigate this anomaly. And then you go do what he wants, which is basically turning a ship into a fusion bomb and blowing open a wormhole. And it sucks a, a like a Terran space station through the wormhole, and then it's like, oh, I guess I have a space station of my own now. Okay, and you know, like you'd be twenty, thirty, how many hours into X three before you ever got to that? So here it's just like, hey, guess what? You know, we're going to cut all the crap, and if you want this, feel free to ignore it if you don't want it. But if you want to go this route, like here's here's a, a star base, you can put a dock on it, start like. You still have to get like millions of credits from somewhere before you can make any money with it because you have to be able to build the industrial stuff. They don't give you any blueprints, so you got to go out and actually like get blueprints and earn faction with the other races so they'll sell them to you and, and that stuff. So you got to work for it. But they give you the yeah. foundation, like right. Oh my God, the game's called Foundation. Oh, whoa. Whoa. Oh my God. That, yeah, that they give you the. That oh. gets a that gets a Keanu, that gets a Keanu. Whoa, out of me. Yeah, <laughs> but it, but I didn't even realize I walked into that. Until I did, and <laughs> that I was, was like, oh god, that was, that was pretty. No, they. Uh, so, if you guys haven't played X Four, it is the most accessible out of all of them. Um, the other ones were like, hey, you want to get to the the stuff that's actually kind of fun? You got to play for twenty thirty hours, like Jim was saying. Here it's like, yeah. oh, here's a mission. Here's a tutorial. Go do stuff. Here's how to scan. And Go. And, and it's, it's like, like 20, right. 30 brutal ass hours. Like it's playing. Yeah. It's like playing X it's, the roguelike. It's mean. Like, it's mean. Hey, I went to this. Oh, I shouldn't have came here. Oh, shit. I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. Start it's, over. It's a very German game. And I say that with love, but it's a very German. They're very German games. But this is like the most accessible out of all. Yeah. 
And dude, I cannot wait until the Star Wars mod comes for it and the Star <laughs> Trek mod. Because you know that stuff's coming, man. Uh, people, I don't know. People man. hit Nexus. Within the well, the thing that I discovered, it, I didn't realize you, that you could actually embed. It looks like Lua script in XML. So oh. I cracked open some of the mod files that people have made because they don't really say like, "Hey, here, here's the mod language." It's in their forums. They have references, but I haven't gone down that rabbit hole. But I downloaded some of the mods, and I was just like how the hell does this thing even work? It's an XML file and I cracked it open and it's like, my God, it's full of code in XML format. Wow. What you kids do that these days. So, um, yeah. And looking at the code, it's like, it makes sense, right? Like I've, I've done scripting stuff before and it's, it's script. So I assume it's Lua related and, uh, yeah, it's pretty clear. So if as soon as they get like, the ability to get textures and new ship models, which uh, the guys from EgoSoft have assured the community that will happen. And they've got, you know, like a Steam Workshop button right there in the game. Um, did you guys, I haven't listened to the interview you guys did with them yet. Um, did you guys hit the multiplayer question with them at all? Um, I don't think we did, um, okay. but that, he's, that they've been, they're super, they're super tight lipped about it. Like people ask uh, them about it and they're like, we can't talk about it. Uh, yeah, it's it, what I hope and what I told them, cause I'm in their discord too. And, uh, what I told them over there, cause they were asking, you know, like, well, how important do you think this is to people? And I'm like, I think it's very, it's very important. important to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that actually having the rest of the game fleshed out so that it's an excellent, like five star single player experience first. And then I know you guys already have the hooks for multiplayer because I see how I can launch a private server already. Uh, like if you crack the files open, you'll find it. Um, mm. And, and it's like, I could fire off a private server right now and connect to it, but I don't have a way for other people to connect to it. Cause some of that stuff's not there. Um, there's a chat window keybind, and you can pop a chat window up where you talk to nobody because you're the only person in the game. But it's like the the foundation of that stuff is there, right? So I know they're going to do it. And as they, if that stuff is there, then that means that they're not going to paint themselves into a corner in adding things that would be not compatible with multiplayer. So as they go along. You know, so eventually they will reach the point where it's like now is the correct time to introduce this other element, and and hopefully they haven't shut the door on it by putting things in the way that they'd have to like recode, right? We'll um, see. But I think since they've already got the basis of that in there, that they're not going to make that mistake because that that's like where Fallout seventy six had so much trouble. That engine has been a single player thing all along. There was never a thought of multiplayer. The entire it's it's like whenever we were talking to Mike Giuliano about well how do you get the player to be able to walk around in the ship without flying off the floor because like space engineers can't even do that and he's like the ship stays still and I fly the universe around the player right so when the ship rolls I actually like roll the entire galaxy and the Whew. ship stays still and that's how Fallout works the entire world moves around the player. The player doesn't move around the map. So you trigger things, you know, and, and all the scripts depend on being triggered off the player's object. Well, now if you have two players, you got a problem, right? If you got like 20 players, you got a real problem because 
you know, there's no main player object to trigger your stuff. So they had to recode the guts of that engine. And that's why I'm looking at X4 and I'm like, okay, they're not doing that. They're built with multiplayer as an eventuality in mind. So since they're building it that way from get-go, it will be much, much easier to just flip that switch on whenever they get to the appropriate moment. So, okay, I'm down with that. Uh, honestly, it has the it has the ability to be perhaps the game that I wanted Evercron Legacy to be, um, or Legends, rather. Um, Evercron Le- Legends... Legend Legacy, whatever the hell the name of it is. Um, yeah, Evercron yeah. is an amazingly great game made by one dude. That's the only thing that holds it back is it's made by one dude. It, had it been mm. a, a company like Egosoft that had made that game, I probably wouldn't have needed another game afterwards. So, yeah, it's just that you know. And and that game, I I wish that there was a multiplayer community for Evercron more than right. there is. There's a couple servers up. You can catch a couple handful of people on now and then, but it's not like, it's not like discovery freelancer. Like, Hey, I log in here and there's a hundred people in this server. And yeah, if, it's if, a real shame. Those people would come over to Evercron. Then I would be an Evercron every freaking night. Well, maybe, cool. maybe Sean will ki- go down the slightly accessible route. Like the X game did. And maybe they'll, you know, because I think it's. It, I've noticed that this seems uh, X Four seems to be a lot of people's first X game, as yeah, well. Quite a bit, yeah, which, is, it's, which is uh, it's it's an impressive. Foundation to enter the series. Oh come on, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah. Okay. Aren't you sad that I wasn't here for that? Um, uh, no. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm sad. So because because uh, what, what happened for everybody? Yeah. Catch it. I took the day off work because it's like I'm going to talk to Egosoft. This is going to be epic. I I need to speak to these people, and then the Trello thing said 9 a.m. But I thought, well, Brian's three hours behind me, so that really means noon. So I got up about ten, Ugh. and they were done because <laughs> it was really nine o'clock my time. Because yeah. Says. Yeah, and, and I didn't Trello realize is, that thing actually converted time. So yeah, it's obviously smarter than me. Yeah, Trello's pretty great. That's what we use, folks, for yeah. all our planning and notes and everything. If you if you need any kind of um, planning or to dos or anything, Trello is the best. Um, so I was so super pissed. I I just got my cup of coffee. I walked in here. I put my headphones on. It's like, what's up, guys? Hey, we're done. What? It was like it was like in a cartoon when somebody pulls the lever and the floor opens up and I just fell down in the Well, you don't fall until you look down. That's right. That's cartoon law. <laughs> well, Spaz, what would you say your game of the year is? For me, it's a toss up because I last year I called Battletech as my game of the year. So it's it is still, it is still there for me. Um, it, it's they've added so much to it with the Flashpoint DLC and the season pass with two more major DLCs on the way. I didn't realize it's, it's even been out for a year now. Wow. Yeah. Um, there is another game though that's coming close because it is the first game. I was able to get the Platinum Trophy on, and that was Valkyria Chronicles 4. 
So I've played Ooh. a lot of that. Um, actually, I've uh, completed the campaign, uh, got the secret ending, did all the DLC. So I've done everything for it on the PS4. If they would just make that game without the dumb anime stuff, it would be... <laughs> oh, oh wait, that's the whole game. Yeah, that is the no, game. I like the, I like the first one. It's it's kind of like anime XCOM, but it's got it is. Did it they is, did yeah. they preserve the real timeness of it? Because it's like yes. you don't actually yes. pause. You you get bullet time. So so here's how it works. Uh, you do have as you select the unit, you get a you get counterfire on you if you're in range of an enemy. They spot you. You can actually run around enemies if you get behind them without being spotted. You can get. Uh, uh, the chance of a critical hit, you know, because of the, you're undetected and you won't get counterfire. However, uh, one of the things they added in was the grenadier unit, which is effectively a mortar, and they will counterfire on tanks. They will counterfire on infantry, and depending on the type of mortar you're using, it can either have the effect of uh, removing all the AP from a tank so it can't move anymore. Or if it's the other type of mortar, anti-personnel mortar, then you can actually slow the enemy unit down. Oh, wow. But yeah, that happens in real time. You, you'd have the same uh, blitz system, which was used in the very first game. It's just been refined. Mm. Yeah, I've only played the first and second one, more, mostly the second on the uh, Vita which, uh, which four, four takes place concurrent to the storyline of the first game, which is so all, which is hilarious. Which <laughs> well, I mean, they well, it makes they make it work because that's great. You're you're playing a a uh, your main characters are from Gallia, but they're in the Federation Army, so they're mm. they are um, they've effectively volunteered to go to war before Gallia has been invaded. And it hasn't been evaded yet, at least not at the start of the story. Um, but what's interesting is, uh, was what, today, the last DLC for uh, Valkyria Chronicles 4 was released, which is the uh, Squad 7 DLC. So you actually have Welcome and Alicia from the first game in your squad. Oh. In 4. Yeah, there's, this, there's a... Um, so for those of us who bought the collector's edition, we got that included with it. So I had them from the beginning. But with with this uh, DLC, you have a kind of a meetup with uh, the members of Squad 7 because it takes place at the same time. You go to Galia, you meet up with them. And then after you're done with that particular uh, mission set, you can use them in your squad. Nice. <sighs> Well, uh, I'll have to get it at some point. It's on PC now, right? Or is it yeah. not? Yeah, and, and, and right. everything I've heard about it is that it's a good port. So okay. you know, grab it on I'll, sale. I will get it at some point. That's an interesting mix, you guys. <laughs> so let's move on to our final thing. Uh, what we're looking forward to in 2019. Because 2019 should be an interesting year. For me, the top is Star Sector. I mean, nothing Nothing has me more excited. And because of their version numbers, they're at point nine a right now. There's a decent chance we might get 1.0 next year. Oh, my God. Like, 
I bought I bought a copy of the game before I even started Space Game Junkie. That's how long it's been in early access. <laughs> like I bought my copy in May of 2011, <laughs> but it but it might be like finished, quote unquote, this year or this coming year. Do you believe it? Like it's like one of those constants. Like oh, Star Sector, ha, it'll be done, you know, in 2024. Uh, but no, it might be done next year, you guys. And I am just horrifically excited about it. If you haven't played Star Sector, it's like everything you want out of an open space game. Not just economy, but colonization, um, empire stuff, bounty hunting. It's, 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 they call it mountain, mount and blade in space. Um, I, yeah, I had if to, somehow that and thirty thirty could just have a baby, oh, for God's sakes! Oh my God, that would be. I'd never leave my my office. I'd never leave. Yeah, like, have you seen ever. the new thing that Crunchy Leaf's making? No. Oh, okay. I'll show it to you. I can't talk about it. Okay. It's super secret. Okay. But they're well underway with their new, and it ain't oh. nothing like the old thing. Oh, that's exciting. Oh, kitty. Um, so that and MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries, which got pushed back a lot, but I'm still disgustingly, horribly excited about that one. And I'm going to be honest. Hey, apparently you can play the whole campaign co-op, from what I've Yeah, played. yeah, so that might be a yep. long play game. Uh, yeah, I watched some people playing that at MechCon, because I got people that want and, Sure. Uh, yeah, uh, I you know it's going to be Not cool too. when it comes out. I just don't know when it's going to come out because well, they're saying September or October of next of next year now. Like they pushed it way yeah, back. Let's call it let's call it twenty twenty optimistic. Oh. Yeah. The problem is their player base is a bunch of people that are freaking ninjas, right? Like we can kill anything because we've been shooting oh. people, right? So the AI can stand no chance. Um, it, it, it's just like if you just peek one eyeball around the corner, I'll shoot you in it from five miles away because um, I've been playing hundreds of hours of this game, and um, no AI can stand up to that. So, um, and the, the AI that I've seen, I don't think that they've really even so much started with them. It's kind of like the robots are are kind of like dopey walking turrets at this point. They're not really fighting intelligently, um, hmm. but that's going to be very different. and all that fun yeah. stuff. So, so it's, yeah, and I, but I haven't, I haven't seen them, like, I haven't seen pathfinding problems, but they don't put them in a situation where they would have one when they're showing it, right? So it's like, they don't have mechs, like, in the middle of an urban area where there's a bunch of buildings to just, like, headbutt into because they can't figure out how to go around them. Um, and we've seen this with, like, X4, where ships can't figure out how to get into the dock. Right yeah. and stuff like that. So imagine with battle mechs trying to figure out how to navigate through city city streets and alleys and crap, and that alone is a hell of a task. And right. then to get them to actually fight competently while that's going on. So all the demo stuff they've done has been like basically like, hey man, we're out in the middle of an open field because there's nothing to like wreck the AI kind of thing. Um, right. But the AI they ain't smart, right? So it's going to take a lot of AI work. And the problem is mm. PGI has been making a multiplayer game that has zero AI. So they don't, they didn't have anybody. I'm sure they got somebody now, but they didn't have anybody with the skill set 
of let's code a competent multiplayer AI for you know bots in here. So they need to find somebody who is like a bot master to come in there and do that. Hmm. And maybe they've done that already. God, I don't know what the situation is, but, um, but hey, the demo... some of the people who worked on the Unreal Tournament. Yes, bots, exactly. Maybe. Those bots is what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. if you think back to that would make it, it, like whenever we've played MechWarrior 4, those, bot, those bots weren't any kind of smart either. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it's like they would send enough mechs at you, but also you couldn't aim super precisely in that game. Right. And when they were demoing it at MechCon, I noticed that they'd set everybody up with a stick and throttle. And these people who are playing this game, we are all mouse users. There's nobody that plays that game competitively that uses a joystick. That makes sense. And then they give them a joystick, right? And I'm watching people, like, trying to hit things, and and it's, like, whiffing terribly. And it's like, yeah, because you can't aim with a damn joystick in this thing. Um, so if they had given these people mice, then you just seen, like, all the AI just get wiped off the map in the first two minutes. And <laughs> That would have been the end of the demo. So uh, I think I I kind of feel like they made everybody play with one hand tied behind their back so that hmm. it wouldn't look so bad. To to make it look closer to what it would be for new players who have never played MechWarrior before. Yeah. So there was a rumor. Um, I don't know anything more. There might be much more info than what I heard, but all I heard was just like a little whisper that like the BattleTech pods might come back. Because they're Ooh. doing this right, so it's like this is ripe for sticking in pods and putting out in the world, and it's just like that would be beautiful. So yeah, yeah. And I've uh, seen BattleTech pods with the upgraded code. It's running MacWarrior four, so MacWarrior four is still it's good. I like MacWarrior. It is, not- and there's something there's something to be said about going to like. A, a place like if you could go to the mall, like how they had laser tag places. Do they mm. still have laser tag places? I, I assume, but it, like you go to the laser tag place. They do, yeah. And then there's like ten. The, you go to the laser tag place, and there's like ten or twelve battle tech pods. Also, That'd be amazing. That'd be okay, amazing. I'll I'll be in for that. That's great, yeah, right? But great. other than that, it's just like I could sit here at my desk and play my quarter four, so <laughs> I don't need that. Right. Well, I just have one more. the The other game I'm looking forward to most this year is Rage Two. I'm gonna be honest; I'm disgustingly excited about Rage Two. It like looks like it hits every one of my buttons. No, which Rage Two? The Rage Two or the Far Cry Rage Two? No, Rage Two. Not not I, the. I know, but, but I know the not Far, the Far, Far Cry. Cry also, Rage Two. Rage Two. No, the actual Rage Two. I know what you're talking about, and uh, which I think is it's, kind of hilarious. Weird. What blew my mind is they, like, when they started showing the trailer for Rage 2, like, back at E3, and everybody was like, what the heck is all that, like, hot pink fuchsia stuff? And then whenever they showed the Far Cry thing, everything was, like, hot pink fuchsia. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, God. Yeah, it's like, wait, this looks like Rage 2. Rage 2. I enjoyed my time with Rage a lot. Like, I stalled on it eventually, but... I I raced a lot and it was had good gunplay. I really enjoyed Rage a lot. So okay, Rage or Borderlands? <laughs> uh, Borderlands. Okay. Um, 
it's yeah, I always looked at Rage as like poor man's Borderlands. It is. Yeah. Um, I mean, but the racing is a lot of fun. It's like its own mini game. I mean, it's it, Borderlands is a better package, but Rage is yeah. you know a good time until you get to a, like it like kind of stalls out. Like it just like loses its steam at some point. Yeah. But Rage Two looks like open world joy, and I'm just like I. I'm close to pre-ordering it, and I'm like, I don't know. Is it going to have co-op? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think so. That, that might make me get I think, on I think board so. for that. Yeah. If, if you can open-world Mad Max co-op, I'm in. But let me look it up that, while you're let me look it up while you're telling me, like telling all of us, what you're most excited about in 2019. I I am most excited about. Uh, I I don't know. Genesis Alpha One, maybe. Oh, that's a good one. I was one. really yeah. excited for that. I was super excited for that in September when it didn't come out, and uh, I think we know why now. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. We know why. Epic. Oh, why didn't we say Rebel Galaxy Outlaw? Duh. Of course, I'm adding that to my list. Rebel Galaxy Outlaw is another one I'm looking forward to. Of course, we are looking forward to that. Yeah, that game is yeah. never coming. Duh. Out. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Gen- of Star Citizen. But Genesis Alpha One looks great. I got. I got to agree with you on that one. That looks like it's going to be really interesting, weird sandbox. Yeah, first person shooter mixed with a spaceship builder. What yeah, team? <laughs> team Seventeen in the house. So that they, it can't be bad. You know, it might be like not as good as it could be, but it definitely can't be bad. I've seen a lot of gameplay footage and. And I'm, I'm probably going to put in a pre-order within the next couple of days. I mean, it's not coming out until what a month or two, but 29th. still, yeah, 20, 29th January. So yeah, yeah, I'm probably going to do that too. <laughs> well, the thing is, I'm I'm probably going to get it on PS4. Oh, okay. I, I'm since it's, since it's I'm super single player. Then there's no reason. It, yeah, not. single player. It doesn't matter. You know, it's it doesn't matter whether I get it on PC or, or PS4. But yeah, I'm, my vision is sort of very short range for things coming out in 2019 because it's really like X4 just dropped, and I know that Genesis is coming, and I I can't even remember what might be out past that. So I, well, I might you might say something, and I'll be like, oh yeah, that. But uh, and the for, Rebel well, Galaxy. For my part, for my part, Ace Combat Seven. Yeah, where the hell is that? Oh. Isn't that supposed to be here like right now? Um, no, it's of. Uh, got pushed back uh okay because they were like december 12th and then it didn't oh so that's your that's the one game you're looking forward to most is ace combat 7 well they they pushed it back it's coming out uh january 18th oh so not far away yeah so bad then okay i'm I'm down with that i hope it's i hope it's uh like I already pre-ordered. <laughs> I hope it's more like the previous Ace Combat than the most recent one, whatever that one was called. Well, um, what you're thinking of Assault Horizon? Yeah, Assault Horizon, because Assault Horizon had that that weird. It was like Tom Clancy's Hawks, where you would get in a dogfight and then it just becomes like a rail shooter, and it was like, no, yeah, please, yeah. That, don't do that. That was um. So this is this is more of a return to form. Uh, in fact, what's interesting is that if, if for, for PS4 owners. Which is where I pre-ordered it, since they have the they have a, um, a set of missions that are just for VR. 
Now, it's not VR required for the entire game. It's just for these specific missions. But what, what See, is awesome... Okay, but wait a minute. That pisses me off, right? Because, like, Gran Turismo, right? It's like, oh, yeah, we support VR. Yeah, okay, so there's, like, three races you can do that's VR. It's not the whole game. It's not the whole game, but, right? but it actually but, makes but that's sense. Dumb. Like, if you're going to put VR no, no, in no, it, just... No, no, trust me. It makes sense because from uh, people who have played it, they've said that they could not play the entire game in VR this way because of the, the nausea factor. It would be too much to actually play through the entire campaign in VR. You just got to get strong. That's all. Well, no, I'm just saying, let, let the option be there for VR. And if you want to play it not in VR, you got that option too. But if I want to just like be in the, you know, it's like pick an no, mission. It, it that changes I put the, the game because what happens is that uh, when you are playing in VR, from the the footage I've seen, the there isn't the typical HUD. Your instruments are your HUD. <laughs> yeah. So when when you want to see like how fast you're going, you look down at your instrument. Right. But but still, that's fine because I'm still I still have the controller in my hand, right? So there's no reason that they couldn't instead of having the HUD, just have me in the cockpit in the VR thing at any time, right? So I, I don't see why that differentiates. Oh, like, well, well, we made a couple special missions, and then the rest of it, you're out of luck. Well, I'm, it's I'm like not in, sure in exactly how many missions are are yeah. there, but it's not a full campaign. Okay. But one thing they they mentioned is that um, you can use... You can use the VR to do your lock-on, so you uh, you actually look at the target and do lock-on that way. So that is going to change things up in terms of playing the campaign, because if you can do the entire campaign that way, that's going to change how the game actually plays, okay. rather than playing on a flat screen. But I get what you're saying. I mean, it would I be just, awesome to have the option for both, but right. I, what I don't like, what I don't like in VR is when they bolt a theme park on. Right. It's like, oh, well, here's our regular game. And then over here to the side, there's a bonus roller coaster that you can ride. Right. It, like like they did in Star Wars Battlefront. It's like, oh, well, we got I don't the, think it, we got the it, it, I don't think it seems that way from from what I've been seeing the video of it. It doesn't seem that way. It seems like it's not bolted on, but built for it. OK. If you get my meaning. Yeah. But did you did you play the Star Wars thing in Battlefront 2 yeah. of the X-Wing deal? It's like a mission that you can do in VR and it's, it, it's cool. It like it tied into rogue one and everything, but it's a thing you're going to do like twice. And, you know, cause the first time it's like, wow. And then the second time it's like, okay, yeah, I did it again. And then there's no reason to go back a third time. Cause you know, it's what it is. It's a ride. So hopefully not that uh, it, it's, it just kind of like with Gran Turismo, they did that too. And it just kind of pisses me off because it's like, no, man, I want to play a racing game with VR, with all the advantages of being able to look into the corners and all this, right? And and on PC, I have, God, it, it'd take two hands to count how many racing games that I can play in VR. And then they they have it like half-assed in VR on the PlayStation. It's like, that's what I bought the VR thing for, was to do stuff like that. And then all I get is theme parky things. So, well, kind of again, I mean, this from the video I've seen, it doesn't feel like it's theme park. Yeah, it's it feels like it's 
built for VR for those specific missions, and then the rest of the campaign is... Yeah, I'm just saying in generality, like, developers, please stop doing that shit. Alright. Did we get everything? Yeah, I think we got everything. Alright, it's almost two hours. Let's wrap this shit up. So, friends, uh, we have one more thing this year. Uh, That's Thursday's uh, EDF stream. And then we are off for... Two weeks. We're taking uh, the holidays off here at Space Game Junkie. We'll still be around the Discord if you want to hang out and all that. Uh, but no podcasts, no streams, no games of the week because, you know. <laughs> time off is time off. Time, yeah, we're, we're all going to be getting gifts. We're going to be buying new games on the Steam sales. Uh, so we'll need time with our new toys, uh, especially me. Because I have a big new toy that I want to get the most out of. Uh, That's what she said. Yeah, I walked. I I I I ran into that one and slammed into the glass door that didn't open in time. <laughs> uh, that joke was a solid fair notion. It, it yeah. So um. Mm. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Just gonna call this. Just gonna call this episode "Foundations, Foundations, Foundation." Uh, so yeah, we're gonna be off. So we wish you um, the happiest of holidays. We hope you get everything you want. Get a lot of great stuff on the sales that are coming up and they're currently ongoing. Uh, Steam's gonna have a big one, but honestly, my my money's gonna be probably on Fanatical and Green Man Gaming. They've just had the best deals of late. Seriously, especially Fanatical. Fanatical's been off the chain. With their deals. Oh my god. Uh, And we'll be back on January 8th with Star Dynasties. And we're very excited about that one. That's another, in the very small subgenre of Crusader Kings in Space. (laughs) Uh, We're very excited about it. And we're very happy that the developer has chosen, even though he's in England, uh, he's going to join us in the middle of the night his time so we can have it at a regular time for us. That's very nice of him. Awesome. Cool. When, when is that going to be? That's January 8th. It's the 8th of January. So three weeks from now, basically. Um, so yeah, folks, thank you so much for helping make 2018. So awesome. It's been a great year. The community has grown all over the place. Discord's grown. Facebook's grown. The YouTube has grown. So we couldn't be happier to uh, have you all as part of this wonderful thing we have here and uh, wish you all the best uh, joyous holiday season and a happy new year and may 2019 be better than 2018 for all of you. Uh, So thank you for listening and have a good night. Bye-bye.